0: Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of Saint Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. Saint Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Remember, man. Thou art dust, and to dust thou shalt return. Almighty God himself spoke those words to the first human as his judgment for breaking God's commandment. God had told the first man and woman not to eat of a certain tree, and if they did eat, they would die. The woman, deceived by the serpent, lusted after the fruit of the tree, and she ate, Then she gave to her husband, and he ate, And then they saw their nakedness, they were ashamed, they tried to make a covering for themselves, and while they were doing that, evening came, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking about in the garden, and they became afraid, they became afraid of their former friend, and they ran from him, and they hid from him, they hid in the trees and the bushes, and the Lord God called out to the human, and he said, where are you? And the human said, I heard your voice, the sound of you walking in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. The man and the woman went on to admit that they had broken the commandment that God had given them, and they had eaten the fruit from the forbidden tree. And God proceeded then to curse the serpent, and then he punished the woman, and then he said to the man, Because thou hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also, and thistles, shall it bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat of the herb of the field, and the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art. And unto dust thou shalt return. God loved the man he had made. The very same man that spurned him. God forgave the man for his sin. After all, it was God who went out to him. Went out and down. Went seeking him. God took the humble role there and went and looked for the man it wasn't the man looking for God but God for the man he called after him and God found him and he spoke to him God loved the man he had made and even though God forgave him this did not remove the man's punishment for his transgression for his failure to love God the punishment was death And the permeation of death throughout creation. Because death is what it means to not love God. Man was taken from the dust of the earth. Man was supposed to, intended to be transfigured into glory and light. But now he was going to have to go back. He was going to have to return in death to the dust from which he came as punishment for his sin. Even so, God's love for his human didn't fade in the least. God had a plan of redemption for which God himself would dearly pay. He would recreate his human and the latter creation would be even more glorious than the first. God's mercy and his forgiveness, God's love was as sure as ever. Even so, the man was still punished For his sin, the man still had to die. Reality has consequences. If this trip that we're on was all fantasy and make-believe, mere theory, maybe we could have a flying unicorn in our life. (laughs) Maybe we could have some idolatrous human who disobeys God and still enjoys the fullness of life in blissful union with God. But we're not in a reverie. And this is not make-believe. This is real. And there are real particular consequences for real people who make real particular choices. Man would be saved. But first he would die. And he would only be saved through much tribulation and fire. Ever since the pronouncement of the sentence of death upon the first human. Man has been using ashes. To recall this universal and tragic reality. For instance in the book of Esther. Mordecai you remember he puts on sackcloth and ashes. When he hears of the decree of King Erzexus. To kill all the Jewish people in the empire. Job also repented in sackcloth and ashes. Daniel lamenting Israel's captivity wrote. I turn to the Lord God pleading in earnest prayer. With fasting sackcloth and ashes. We heard tonight in Vespers about the story of Jonah after he preached conversion and repentance. The whole town of Nineveh proclaimed a fast and they put on sackcloth and the king covered himself and sat in ashes. And God repented of his destruction of Nineveh. Jesus himself rebukes Chorazin and Bethsaida for not repenting in sackcloth and ashes. The purpose of remembering through ashes is not for morbidity's sake. It's rather a means by which we return to God in humility, repentance, purity of heart. The sacramental and willing embrace of these ashes, which we have received tonight, they are an embrace of God's just sentence upon man, and at the same time, a plea for His mercy trust in his power to redeem us when we receive ashes in faith we know that this death the death that we must face is it is inevitable but we also know that the resurrection is inevitable especially for those who hope in god's mercy we embrace the ashes tonight in some paradoxical attitude of joy and sorrow Knowing that this death that we endure is a passing thing. It is a thing that we must go through in order to live again. All will go back to the dust, just as God had said. But all will be raised again. All that are in the graves shall hear his voice, Jesus said, and they shall come forth. All, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. And what is it exactly that makes the difference of a, whether one will be raised to damnation or raised to the resurrection of eternal life? Well, one way of looking at it is that the difference lies essentially in how we receive these ashes on this night. Do we receive them in recognition of our sin, in desperate need for God? Do we receive them in repentance and faith in God's mercy? Do we receive them as an aid to strengthen us in the fight of faith, to bring us to a good end? If we do, they are effectual by and through the Spirit. And they symbolize for us not eternal death, not death as the end, but death as a door which opens up to us Easter morning and life everlasting. It is forgetfulness blindness of heart, and ignorance, which leads us astray so much of the time. But when we remember, when we remember our former sin, the condition that we are in, and the hope that lies before us, when we remember these things with contrite hearts, then we see clearly. Then we are saved. Then we are kept secure. In God's hand, a humble and a contrite heart, God will not despise. These ashes which we have received tonight, they began as palm branches from last Palm Sunday, symbols of triumph and joy. These ashes, just like our bodies, will be restored once again into triumph, triumphant palms. May we receive them tonight and may they ignite in us hope and joy, sort of a bright sadness, as we mourn for our sins, as we engender within ourselves contrite, repentant hearts this Holy Lent. May we also be filled with a brightness, a joy, knowing that these will bring us to Christ. If we are joined with Christ in death, we will live with him, and we will have joy beyond measure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.